coming up next. If you are doing a direct job now, currently, you are doing a direct task that maybe your personal assistant that used to maybe write letters, write emails, maybe um, book appointments and so on. Definitely your, your job is going to um, go if you do not upskill yourself. And how is it going to go now, even with a uh, common of a conversational AI chat GPT or bad for bubbles? Hi there and welcome to this podcast. I am Andrew Locker. And I'm Diana Ayo. Thanks for tuning in. On the AfroTech Talk podcast, we speak to tech experts, individuals in the tech space, as well as young people about the latest trends and innovations in Africa to explore how tech is transforming their society. We filter our guests' profound insights into actionable guidance, empowering listeners to find inspiration and actively participate in the ongoing tech revolution. If you are new to the show or would want to recommend our podcast to your friends and family, our starter packs are a great place for you to get hooked. We understand that it can be a bit hard to get started. So for this, we have our episodes segmented into different topics that will have you started right away. Visit afrotechtalk.africa. Okay, thank you very much, Idris, for coming onto this podcast. Uh, Kindly just uh, let your audience there know a bit about you. Um, Idris Amin Idris. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of the CEO's Planet, which is actually a tech and business consulting company that focuses on revolutionizing the way um, business owners do work so that they can have um, ultimate business control using cutting edge technologies. And I'm also into data science and artificial intelligence with um, Jisman University of Applied Sciences in, in, in Germany. And also not leaving uh, my work that I'm doing in terms of um, AI for creativity with Stimulage Limited in Nigeria, whereby we foster AI for creativity to young minds. And also not leaving the one and only Marie Fasasa Academy. You know, we are kind of trying to see how we're going to work together. We're also we are already working together to see how prompt engineering and artificial intelligence can can be of use to the people in the Sub-Saharan Africa. So I think that should be um, just a brief about me. Thank you. Thank you, Idris. Uh, now that you mentioned uh, something that has caught the world by storm, taken everyone, you know, and swept them off the feet, um, could you... Uh, kindly provide a brief introduction to the concept of uh, artificial intelligence and its origin for our listeners who might, you know, not be familiar with it. Okay, yes, Uh, absolutely. I'll be happy to. Um, Artificial intelligence is actually my field of AI. Basically, it's the science of creating intelligent machines that can simulate human-like thinking and decision-making processes. So it's basically like fishing computers to learn, adapt, and make um, predictions. So the origin of um, AI dates back to the mid-20th century when computer scientists um, started envisioning machines that could mimic human intelligence. And one of the early breakthroughs was the development of the first chess playing computer program in the 1950s, which uh, I think it was the IBM, yeah, an IBM engineer, um, named Alex Burstyn, 
um, created this world's first fully automated chess engine. And the engine was built for the IBM um, 704 mainframe and took around 8 minutes or more capable of playing an entire game. This engine like um, is remarkable, like it's a um, very interesting one. It, it marked the, the real beginning of chess computing. That was, uh, I think, beginning of when the breakthrough of our AI in the 1950s. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Idris. So, would you also care to elaborate on how that uh, got onto uh, the continent as well? Adoption of um, AI in Africa has to do with, um, with the focus of um, solving local challenges. Because the journey, uh, the Africa's journey with AI began um, with that solving the local challenges that we have over here on the continent. Uh, for example, in agriculture, organizations um, started using AI to optimize crop yields and detect diseases in crops. As we have seen that it has um, happened in Ghana, it has happened in Rwanda, and, uh, and, and more countries are trying to see how do you adopt that. And even in healthcare, AI helps, in, helps with early disease detection of telemedicine um, and so on. And we can see like Egypt is currently um, on that scale. And the driving force behind the adoption has been the need to address pressing issues. And of course, the enthusiasm of young African innovators eager to make um, that difference or on that level. Okay, so when uh, when you mentioned about uh, telemedicine, yeah, could you also maybe just give us a brief uh, of what that really is? Okay, so basically, um, when we when we talk about when we talk about telemedicine, we we trying to say it's it can be said to be using telecommunications technologies to support the delivery of what kind of um, medical diagnostic and treatment related services, usually by doctors. So I think that has been um, very very easy with the with the coming of um, AI to actually automate the whole process and make it easier and faster because it's actually trying to see how it will make the human intelligence what human can do and the AI can actually do that in terms of the distribution. Okay, so when we talk about AI, it goes without saying, you know, some of the fears that people are attached to uh, to using AI. You know, could you just uh, highlight, start by highlighting to us a few of those fears that are actually attached to uh, to artificial intelligence or AI? Um, this is actually an interesting question, and uh, it's a question that almost everyone that is not um, involved into AI normally asks. I've had these questions a lot which actually I find it very important and which everyone should be aware of the, I will call it the risk and challenges that has to do with, with AI. So um, when AI has incredible potential, it's essential to manage um, risk. Yes, there are AI ethics and safety. The AI ethics and safety are paramount. So when it comes to jobs, AI can automate certain tasks, but also creates new opportunities for example, in customer service, AI can handle routine inquiries, allowing humans to focus on complex issues. So it's more about job transformation than job elimination. So we should all be thinking of, um, if I talk, talk, thinking of um, the what ifs, what if um, AI take away my job today? What, why can't you think of what if AI transformed my job today? If you're a customer, 
if you're a customer care service provider or you are an accountant, how can you leverage AI into your own field? Because in today's world, if you are not actually using AI, you are not adopting AI into your own field. Someone that is actually using AI is the one that will, will, will replace you, not the AI itself. So you see, AI is just like um, a medium for you to transform your own field. So it's more of job, job transformation than job elimination. Okay, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, something about agriculture uh, quite early about <clears throat> when you talked about, you know, Rwanda and a uh, few other countries, yeah. So could you could you also care to elaborate how AI is really you know having a great impact around uh, those sectors? And you cannot also just limit yourself to agriculture. You can span outside other sectors as well. Yeah, um, AI has really um, touched um, a lot of factors, uh, a lot of sectors in in here in Africa, um, even here in Nigeria. I could remember even um, as I was with Tim Lesh, um about two years ago or so, we built an AI software, uh, which was actually for students here in the West Africa. So it's a Blueberry, that was the name of the product. Blueberry is basically an exam preparatory tool for WIAC, which does with African Examination Council, the JAM and the NECO. These are the three exams that you need to do before you go into the university here in Nigeria. and. And we and this software actually kind of automates the whole process. You can find all the past questions uh, on on the soft on the on the product, and you can take an exam simulation. And it has an AI chat system like ChatGPT, whereby when you ask it um, any question, it's going to give you a step by step guide on how to solve that question. Uh, to give you the way like a whole chat conversational AI is. That's how the whole chat system on the product is, and. The exam simulation um, has been designed yet in a way the architecture has been designed whereby if you if you're able to take the courses that are on that product and you take an exam simulation with that product you just predict their plus five minus five and then that's the score we will score within that range in your final exams so you see um in terms of um education um ai has actually impacted here um, a lot here in Africa and there are a lot of products that has to do with um, AI which I, I can see people are actually building and that's for educational sector and we have the financial sector which is uh, I will call the fintech now um, yes I think currently when the GTEx Africa took in Morocco I, I, I was seeing it over LinkedIn and Twitter where we have a lot of brilliant minds that are actually building fintech products that are actually integrating AI into into those systems. And they are trying to see how they will revolutionize that aspect and see how we can have automated process of collecting money and receiving money. So AI has actually impacted a lot on that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Idris. Uh, I would also like to know what are some of the challenges you know that uh, African countries have faced in adopting and integrating AI technologies, and how are these challenges being addressed? That and clarifications because um, there are a lot of challenges that have to do with African countries adopting and integrating, integrating AI technologies, and you know how are these challenges being addressed? First, I will say infrastructure. Um, there is a lot, a lot of lack of infrastructure here in Africa. 
there is um, data access. There's no access to data and digital retracy also is actually a major challenge. I'll, I'll come back and break that. However, you know, you can see initiatives like um, affordable internet access and AI education program are helping overcome, overcome these um, obstacles related to this. Let me come back to infrastructure. You see, um, the problem that has been facing this industry, which is um, infrastructure. The countries here in Africa, they are not looking towards seeing how that can be a major goal that if they solve not only the AI sector, a lot of sectors, the industrial sector, is also going to be touched. And AI better works with already existing systems. If there's already infrastructure in place and our countries are industrialized, AI systems will better work there. Like for example, now you take um, Nigeria as a case study. Industrialization is not actually more than 20, uh, let's say 30% compared to a third world country like uh, if you take UK as a case study. When you're trying to integrate an AI software in UK today or in Germany, it's actually going to be much more easier than that of Nigeria because you have to start building from the scratch already. If you are going there, this, this, the system has already been built and we are just going to just add the implementation of the AI. So I think with that, in terms of um, infrastructure, we, um, that can be solved. And um, when we talk about data access, data access is actually a very robust, another robust problem. Because there's no way you can work with AI with, uh, without data. AI can, not, can never work without data. And the, there's no even internet, uh, uh, there's lack of internet access, which is, a, which is a major problem here in Africa, which data itself, data having data access to information, to things, we don't even have them captured. A lot of things are not captured. We don't have the data. Even common hospitals, if you go there, it's everything is uh, manual. Before you find maybe a data that has been used for you for for a patient for the last ten years, you are going to suffer. You, you might not even find it. We just do things manually here. Over if you go to the local areas, the communities, if you go there, you 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 find that a lot. So um, in terms in terms of data access, um, it's kind of very it's kind of very poor. But I can see a lot of countries are actually working on, on the digital transformation, like Nigeria, apparently, with the current administration. I see that they are trying to see how they are going to leverage digital economy in terms of that. And other countries also, like um, in Uganda, I was following the news that has to do with um, the Ugandan digital economy. They are also trying to trend on that scale. So I think um, that's... That's quite interesting. Uh... Idris, we, we have had a number of, uh, you know, uh, people talk about uh, AI and, you know, some of its effects on, 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 the, on the continent, especially in Africa. We've had people, you know, have all these uh, beliefs that AI has come to, you know, take their jobs. You know, people are going to become jobless. AI is going to do this and that. You know, what are some of the risks that are associated with AI from your experience? 
Okay, as I've as I've said before, as I've said before, you know, AI is more of job job transformation than job elimination. If you look at it on that context, there's nothing that doesn't have um, risks and challenges in its own part. But uh, from my own part, I see it as more of, um, in terms of job. I see it as more job transformation than job elimination. How? If you are doing a direct job now, currently, you are doing a direct task that maybe a personal assistant that used to maybe write letters, write emails, maybe um, book appointments and so on. Definitely your, your job is going to um, go if you do not upskill yourself. And how is it going to go now, even with a uh, common of a conversational AI chat GPT or bad for Google? I can do it myself. I will, I will need an, a, a personal assistant that will do all those emails, you know, um, those letters for me. I will just go on the AI, write my letters, write my emails, uh, schedule my appointments, you know, use maybe Calendly for, for, my, for my meetings and so on. So that's kind of automated. Um, uh, I'm going to lose my job in that aspect. But what if you, you as uh, a personal assistant or an email writer or a content creator or a content writer, you upskill yourself. You are always learning or learning and relearning. You are always learning or learning and you are creating yourself in, in the AI space and see how can you utilize this AI software that they are building. How can I integrate it? I as a content creator, I as a content writer, I, I as a personal assistant, how can I do it? Something that I can do in five minutes, I can do it in one minute. If I can do it in 10 minutes, I can do it in two minutes. So it's basically like that. And you can see that everything is automated for you and you're actually doing it better. And you're doing it so good. You're actually saving your job. You are transforming it. You are not eliminating it. You can only eliminate. There is only job elimination if you are not upskilling yourself. In whatever space you are doing, not only um, in terms of direct job, even in the AI space, for example, now as a case study, let's say you are a machine learning developer or a data analyst, I will say, if you are not upskilling yourself in terms of leveraging the new AI technologies, you are actually going to be left behind. Even if you are a data analyst today and you are not using um, AI software to do some kind of analysis and make your work easier, faster, I will see it as a waste because I cannot employ you and then um, you take um, a day doing an analysis why if you use this AI software you can do finish it in an hour or 30 minutes which is, I will make it actually faster and easier because it's kind of um, copying the way human intelligence is and make these um, processes very fast at large scale. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> Idris, we would also want to know, uh, you know, if there are any notable startups around AI, around this continent, actually, that uh, we, you know you could also let us know, and we can also see what role they're playing in as far as the field of AI is concerned. Um, sorry, can you come again? I was asking, uh, you know, could, could could you be could you be in the know of any startups around AI around the continent? And then uh, we would be very interested to know. I'm sure our listeners would also, would also want to know. And what role they are playing around uh, AI? Yeah, there, are, there are a lot of um, startups, um, potentials um, here, here in Africa that actually played um, a great role 
in terms of um, AI and let's say transforming the digital economy at large. So um, if you look at um, Andela, Andela is actually doing um, a great work. They train software developers and startups like Flutterwave, which actually is some person does and then it asks Flutterwave and they're using AI for online payments. That's Flutterwave, they use AI for online payments. So um, these are one of the few and you have other startups that are, that are really, really coming up. When when you look at um, when you look at Steam Ledge as a case study here in Nigeria, it's an edtech company where they they leverage AI into their system and they are looking towards how they will build um, AI products that are actually going to break through the market, like with that of um, Blueberry, which is one of them, and a lot more a lot more of them that are coming to there's CISP, there's this CISP that actually um took took my my mind where uh, I at GTEx in Morocco. They they were one of the 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 fintech startups that were actually very good because they were using a cardless payment system. A cardless payment system that of like the ATM but their money is out of cardless. So uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of this AI startups that are coming up which they're actually leveraging in terms of the actual intelligence. And um, what what are some of uh, the future trends and opportunities you know that we, that we should expect to see in the field of AI, especially in Africa, in the next few coming years? We can expect AI to further transform education, which is one. Education is really important. That's again for me. That's the driver force, the first driver force that we we should focus on here in Africa, because without the education, nothing can be done. And AI can also maybe part of the future trend is enhancing public services. When these public services are enhanced, then a lot of things actually be easier for us here in Africa especially because our public services are are, are trying I'll see that they are trained at the moment but there's much to be done and promotion of sustainable development sustainable development is actually another area that I see is part of the future trends here in Africa that can leverage the you know AI driven innovation continue to shape Africa's future at large. And uh, finally, uh, Idris, um, before we can we can actually wrap this up, you know what advice would you give to a young African who is really interested in pursuing a career around uh, AI, and also contributing to its growth in the continent? Okay, I think my advice and the advice I give everyone. Every young person I do meet is my advice is learn. That's the first thing. Learn. Always be eager to learn or learn and relearn in whatever you are doing. Don't stick with the only knowledge you have. Always try to see how you upstream yourself. If you know this knowledge today, then try to see how we update it. If it is a software product, you see that it's actually updating. You have to update your app also, and that's how you should be updating your brain with knowledge. You should also experiment. Experiment is very important. 
you know, sometimes some things you don't actually know you have talent on them until you experiment it, you until you do it right. A collaborate collaboration is very important. When you do collaborate with others, that's when you get to to learn some things and they learn some things from you and you work together and achieve a common goal. Because collaboration has a very high impact, especially if you're a person, if you learn the act of collaboration, it will be very good for you uh, at the number. And don't be afraid to see. I think this is one of the things that young people actually see um, as a problem when you feel, I think, you think that's, that's the end of it. That's not the end of it. That's the beginning. That's just the beginning. It has not even started. So that failure will, will, will teach you a lot of faraway lessons that you learn. Like, Moreover, if you try it, you not actually make the same mistake. Feel, feel, or you succeed. That's the rule. And in terms of AI, AI is a field with limitless possibilities. And Africa needs its young innovators to drive its growth. So when you learn, you experiment, you collaborate, you see that um, would help the AI field being filled up because there are a lot of areas in AI whereby um, I'll be looking for a lot of young people over there in that sector, but I will see that there's none. It's a very hard something to find. Even like an prompt engineer, as I just tell you, I've been trying to see how I will look for a lot of um, prompt engineers in Africa, but prompt engineer is actually an alien something to them. Calculus of um, AI, yes, they are kind of familiar with what AI is, but not completely. So we see that um, AI is something that we have to come together, collaborate, all of us can work this book together and see how can we come up with um, startups and companies that are actually going to be that of OpenAI, that of Tesla and the rest. We need to have that in Africa because that's where our digital economy is going to bring, not, not talking of um, exporting talents to, to, to the abroad. We need to utilize our own talent over here and look not to go there to the Euro or the US and be utilizing our talent over there. Thank you very much, Idris. It's been a great pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you for honoring our invite. And I'm sure our listeners out there could be interested in getting in touch with you just in case they have further questions or clarifications that they might need. So how can they get in touch or reach out to you? Yes, um... Thank you for that and for sharing. And uh, thank you for that and for sharing that. And I'm excited to see the bright future of yeah, Africa. So, um, in terms of touching, touching up with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. If you'll search Idris, I mean Idris on LinkedIn and on Instagram, um, at Idris, I mean that's I D R I S E M I double N underscore. That um, me on Instagram and I'm also on Twitter at um, it just I mean one that's I D R E E S A M E E N then one it just I mean one so I think I think with that um, you can reach always reach out to me and I'm ready to ask our investor. Thank you very much, Idris, and thank you to our listeners. We shall also drop those links to, to Idris's different handles and into the description box. Thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure, and 
Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm excited to see this. So happy to see you again. Just in case you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe, like, share, and follow on the different p- platforms. This podcast is hosted and directed by Andrew and Diana, edited and produced by Mark Studios for Afro Tech Talk.